worst, best, worst. The only podcast recorded on a Tascam 4-track cassette tape. We explore the craft of songwriting with our guests as they perform the first, last, best, and worst songs they've ever written. I'm your host, Carl Banks. I'm Taylor Rogers. And I'm Paul Blackwell. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Yeah, folks, we are in the studio today with Pons, 
Really quickly, do you want to go around and uh, introduce yourselves? My name is Jack Parker. I'm wearing um, overalls right now, pure denim, 100%. Samuel Cameron, corduroy pants, gray shirt. Sebastian Carnot, representing the best Ellie. Wearing my Sunday's best on a Friday. You know, it's, it's, it's funny how many podcasts uh, don't, where they don't describe what they're wearing because it is an audio medium. So a lot of times I just have no idea what these people's uh, wardrobe looks like. So to me, it's a very obvious oversight. Um, <laughs> but I guess a lot of folks just. I think we usually overlook it. It was Pons that brought it to us for the first time. You know, we, we try to keep a, a very playful attitude, you know. <laughs> Got to let the audience at home know what they're listening to. Keep them informed. Yeah, it's, that's, what, that's what most people want. They're not even here for the music, so. That was the first song that you guys ever composed together as a, as a unit? Yeah, we were nine years old. Hell yeah. Precocious youngsters. Yeah, um, and really reflective of our fourth grade um, schooling years. Was there a lot of work in, uh, the, in school? Yes, yes. Sam and I were homeschooled, and we had a vicious... Our parents got this vicious, vicious teacher, Miss Whitmore. She was very, very strict and yeah. very, very keen on discipline and respect. She's more of a taskmaster than a teacher, you know? We are doing chores, too. Yeah, it's easily, easy 10 years of our life, so... Mainly just a, a pent-up reflection of those days of our lives. Um... So would you say that uh, Miss Whitmore was sort of like an early uh, influence on, on you guys uh, reacting to uh, kind of her strict nature? Uh, she taught us discipline, everything we know. It was more of an expectation of what's to come, you know, if anything. Was there any music at that age with Miss Whitmore? Oh, uh, piano lessons every day. Sam and I are actually quite, quite versed at the piano, but we really can't touch the instrument now. Can't look at it. It's far, far too painful. Yeah, Tchaikovsky and Beethoven. Bach. Yeah. Brahms. Yeah, Bach. Brahms. Chopin. All the best. Now it's just trauma. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When did you guys become a trio? Mm, 2019, I believe. Yeah, 2019, yeah, 2019, after we relocated to Vermont from North Carolina. What part of Vermont? Burlington? Yes, yes. We were doing, doing our schooling at University of Vermont for a couple of years. It sort of cracks me up because Vermont, to me, I think uh, jam bands oh, and yeah. uh, noodly, noodly guitar. And I would not, I mean, while you guys jam, uh, I wouldn't consider you a jam band. What are your feelings on the Vermont jam band scene? Well, you know, there's a reason they call it the, the masturbation state. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's like all these long hairs, man. You're just playing all these shows. You're seeing all these long hairs in the crowd. And you're just like, you're just like, what is this? Who let all these people in here, you know? Just smoking their weed, smoking their dope, you know, talking about their feelings. Those hippies. How to get out. How to get out of Dodge. MK Ultra Man. They just want you to sit on your, sit on your ass, man. Trying to control you, man. Yeah, man. You will not be controlled. Pons will not be controlled. Fuck no, no. Yeah. So did you relocate to Brooklyn? Is that where you guys are at now? Or are you just kind of... Yeah, we needed something hard, you know? We needed something real. I want it Rigid. for real. Yeah. You want know? it for real. I want it for real. When did you relocate to Brooklyn? About a year and a half ago. Okay. 2021. Um, sort of the, the end of the COVID lockdown as it were. Um, so let's, let's take it back to the first song that you guys played. Uh, when was that composed? Essentially composing it our whole lives, you know. That's kind of how it feels. But we technically recorded it in 2018 for the first gotcha. time. But then re-recorded it in 2021. You know, it's a work in progress, really. You know, there'll never be a finished version. Yeah, we'll probably re-record it in a few years from now, a few years from then. Never done. Uh, when when you three started playing together, what were um, what were kind of the the common influences that you sort of uh, bonded over and made you realize that you wanted to start playing playing with each other? Jeopardy, the TV show. We all would gather around and you know flex our mental capacity. We're all very big into trivia and 
I'd say that's probably one of the common influences. Yeah, Alex Trebek, definitely. Just the concept of, of more, you know, that's always how we approach music and songwriting and playing live is, is more, you know. How can we have more, more of this? So, you know. So a maximalism yeah, you know, approach you know, to... It's like Sam and I know we like, we like drums, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's like we're thinking, we're sitting there and we're thinking. We're a two-piece, all right? And we're like, what can make this better? We know we like drums, but what could make this better? More. So we got the idea when we were playing squash, um, you know, just all the, the balls bouncing against the walls and all the noises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very we, we were we were quite quite into sport as 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 children. And the discipline of, of sport definitely translates to our our musical practice, you know, bodybuilding, squash, fencing, polo, water polo. All, all the essentials. I feel like you can hear kind of all of that in uh, leading me to my work. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I would right say there. so. I would say so. We we've been trying to. We we would love to play a show where somebody is is weightlifting on stage uh, as we play, um, you know, and just just throughout the set they're getting progressively more more sweaty and and disheveled and and and, and veiny, and um, you know that's what. You know, that's kind of what I envision when I when I hear a song like that. Do you feel like you go through a little bit of that uh, morphosis when you're playing drums at a show? Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of the metamorphosis of of influences, um, David Cronenberg, big big influence on Pons, the films of of David Cronenberg, and Ponsa is very akin to The Fly as we are all collectively mm, Jeff Goldblum mm, mm. and the music we're playing is the, the, the experiment that he does to himself that turns himself into, into The Fly except the biggest difference is afterwards whereas Jeff Goldblum is all grotesque and you know at the end of his transformation we, we achieve glory you know it's, quite the opposite um quite the opposite outcome simple metaphor really yeah that's a beautiful transition i'm curious to hear this transition on what we asked you to play your latest song or mm. or your last song uh could you tell us about this well there's a shape that exists in nature it's called boy's surface mm -hmm. and uh this song is named after that shape yes yes founded by i believe his name was adam boy um it's a doctor boy. Doctor boy. It's a it's a very this three dimensional amorphous structure, and we happen to be working on a quite autobiographical project about all of our childhoods, um, about boyhood, really, a coming to age album, really, and um, so you know the the shoe fit.
Oh, yeah, that was great. What was the name of that tune? Boys Surface. Fantastic. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your writing process as a group. Uh, what's the division of labor here? Well, there was, um, there was actually a weird sort of gradual transition with all of that because we started as a two-piece just between Sam and on guitar and myself on drums. And at that point, it was mainly just one of us taking in an idea somewhat fully formed and just sort of vamping off of that. Sometimes we'd each have an idea and sort of bring it in. But um, over the past like year and a half, it's become much more jam-based with like all three of us just in a room. And I feel like the, the uh, starting ideas have become much, much less developed. It's like, you know, instead of like coming in with a full song, one of us is just coming in with like a, a riff or or a rhythm or something like that and or sort a song of, name yeah yeah a lot of the times we start with a I, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all but yeah a lot of times we do start with the song name yeah we'll tend to throw out song names or just like ideas or like having a song about a certain something yeah our music is is a lot of the songs are pretty conceptually based so a lot of times we'll come up with like a name and sort of write write a song that we think would sound like that, um, which has been fun. But yeah, I mean, our music is slowly becoming more linear and sort of um, like, you know, we'll, we'll have like stay on the same chord or riff or something like that for like three and a half or four minutes in some of our newer songs, which before we were sort of changing changing every like 10 15 seconds in in all of our songs so yeah that's uh that's another thing that i wanted to ask you about um you know with a lot of this post-punk sort of like math rock sorry for using those terms where there's like kind of uh quick like left field changes and all of that how do you guys compose your songs so that the uh, sudden shifts are natural rather than uh because sometimes they can sound kind of arbitrary to switch things up very quickly. Is that something that you guys think about when you're composing and structuring these songs? Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of sections settle, but you don't want to let it simmer for too long, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think in the when we were starting, the sort of jarring, unpredictable aspect was, a, was something we were sort of drawn to. Um, there's this band... Foxygen in their first album, Take the Kids Off Broadway, is like, it's like, I can only describe it as like schizophrenic, <laughs> like almost. It, it just is, it doesn't stick on an idea for any longer than like, yeah, like 10 to 30 seconds. And yeah, I don't know, for whatever reason, we were just, and I mean, Sam, Sam and I have been making music together forever, and we've sort of like, our like writing default has always been like the unconventional song structure. Like we've never e like really approached anything in sort of like a verse chorus uh, way. So that that's never even really been like part of the equation. But now it's like we're 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 trying to sort of push ourselves to to because I mean in in a way it became sort of like a crutch just to just to change, just to be like constantly changing like within a song. So now we're forcing ourselves to sort of flesh certain sections out, um, which then you, you face the challenge of actually making it interesting and engaging. So, Do you ever write um, while you're on stage in a live performance with the audibles and changing, staying on a chord for longer or switching up quicker? Yeah, I mean, we'll figure out how we want to pace out sections like from playing them live. Also improv lyrics live and those will make the final cut a lot of the times yeah like we're almost always playing mostly unreleased material so for us the playing playing songs live has been a and like touring and stuff like that has been a huge part of the of the writing process because we we definitely want to capture like our live energy to some extent in our recordings so it's nice to see what people respond to the most and it's easy in a live setting to be like oh yeah we're clearly staying on this section for too long or like yeah that that looks like people really responded to when we finally changed you know there so it's been cool to see what people 
what people respond to, and it seems like the long sort of crescendos and builds and all that, like the direction we've taken our taking our mu new music into, has been has been resonating with people. So that's very interesting because that's um, that's almost more of a uh, more of the way that uh, stand up comics work out their material, um, writing writing from the stage and then retiring material. Uh, from live performances as soon as you record it. So that's yeah, I that's mean, pretty cool. That's like that's like how we've all like a band like Black Flag, I know they would they would do that. It's like basically playing playing the songs until the album is out and then it's like on to the next thing. We've we've always liked that idea. And probably what we'll try to do with the album that we're sitting on now is just release it and tour the hell out of it for like a year and then never play those songs ever again <laughs> so ideally so exercise the demons yeah, yeah 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 i think that that's a in many ways a healthier way of um working through like the life cycle of a song and a recording project because a lot of people they spend years writing and then recording these tunes and then when they release the album then they start playing them live uh, at the moment that they're most disgusted with yeah. their own <laughs> output. Um, and then they have to continue to play those songs live for years. Um, yeah, and we, we like being able to, because I feel like when you write a song, you don't fully, even in rehearsal, get it until you throw it into the fire and gig with it. Um, yeah, totally. And then, yeah, it changes from there. Yeah, because a lot of times we, when we play live, too, we're playing all of our stuff so much uh, faster than we do, so much faster than we do in rehearsals. So it, it's sort of necessary to, to throw it into the fire, as Sam said, pretty early on in the process, just because sometimes we'll think we're like, we have a song ready to gig, and then we'll, we'll try to play it. We're playing it like 50 beats per minute faster <laughs> than we've ever played <laughs> it before. And we're all like, have the fear of God in our eyes <laughs> trying try to get through the song. Well, looking at your schedule, it appears you guys are grinding and playing tons of shows. Um, what is, what's the general response when you're traveling and touring? It's like, it's just like crazy. There are like no bands. No one's in a band anymore, you know? No one's in like a band, you know? Yeah, They're just no bands. Guitar you know? music just... It's yeah, not around it's like, anymore, man. No, no one plays guitar anymore. You know, you never, you've, you never meet someone who just like plays guitar. You know, there hasn't been a band like twenty years. 20 yeah, yeah. Years there's like, 20, there's just like no 25? bands. So yeah, that's right. like, first of all, that's like, that's crazy. You know, and then people, no one listens to rock and roll anymore either. Also crazy. Uh, so you know, having to deal with that, all these, all these tasteless, all these tasteless tasteless hipsters everything's about those those swedish songwriters yeah now, man, man the auto-tune swedish songwriters you know all those brooklyn bands man they all got ghostwriters man all of them man Heard we've first. seen it we've been on the inside you know ponds we we write all of our stuff you know yeah, no one writes their own music no one writes their own music anymore it's man. Bullshit, it's crazy man. it's bullshit yeah you know it's like Everyone's got their agents, their managers, man. They're like Grammys, you know. It's, 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 it's crazy. publicist is a big yeah. deal now. You got yeah, yeah. It's like every band's got their their freaking freaking publicist. They're freaking you know their little typing away on their little computers. You know, it's crazy. Not to talk about the media after us, man. Yeah, yeah. We're always getting these hit pieces. It's like insane, man. It's just like it's so hard to you just know. You just want to play the blues in 2022, and then it's, and everyone's trying to stop us, but. And it's, it, we're just trying to play the shows and everyone's all, all acting all confused on how we keep, keep the schedule that we maintain. And it's just like, you just got to do it. You just got to play. Well, I'll tell you who's not trying to stop you. The good folks over at First, Last, Best, Worst. Yeah, you heard it here. As a matter yeah. of fact, we want you to play what you think is your best song. And we'd like you to set that up and uh, jam it out for us. The song is... Um, it's called Knuckleless. It's about it's about being it's about being bullied. It's about a big bully.
All right, that one was fucking great. Uh, my favorite part of it was the guitar riff. I heard recently that uh, Keith Richards said, um, guitar solos come and go, guitar riffs are forever. And I can't... No truer words ever no, said. Exactly. Words. Um, I want to know why you think this is your best song and specifically what elements of it are the most attractive to you. I think oh. a big part of it for us is just that it's like a fan favorite or it's been as of late because it's a newer song and we haven't been playing it very often. But, but it, yeah, it seems like there's, a, there's been a really good response to that live and it's fun for us to play because it's like... A, I don't know. When we first wrote it, it was it was too too technically uh, challenging for us to to play. So it's been nice to to slowly work up to it and finally be able to play it out. Yeah, and I think the the audience relates to the lyrical content of it. You know, about bullying. It's a really emotional song, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, why is the milkman late? It's past 10 a.m. You know, I think. I think it reminds people of a, of a simpler time, you know, brings them back to a simpler time. Do you think you need to have been bullied or experiencing a bully uh, to fully understand the song? You know, I think you, you, you probably should have been bullied, you know, at least at one point or another. Like, if you haven't ever been bullied. I mean, I don't really believe that. You probably were bullied. Everyone's been bullied. Yeah, like if somebody tried to tell me they haven't been bullied... I don't know if I believe that. A liar. Yeah. How cool liar. are you? Or or they're about to have their first their first time. You know, that's the other thing. You bully know? by pl- bully by pawns. Yeah. So so the f- false pretense for the question. You know, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. False pretense, Carl. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I, I put an X through it on my note on my notebook here. <laughs> And we just all start bullying Carl. <laughs> uh, t- well, Taylor has a whole bit uh, that he does on stage about bullying. Um, so <laughs> fucking bully him. Yeah, you. we we will. <laughs> you don't even have to ask. Yeah, really. first come, first serve. Uh, You're not going to want to turn this microphone off. Well, what I would have to say to that is, uh, please do not bully me. <laughs> <laughs> the long arm of, of pawns is an unforgiving one. Uh so the name pawns, that's, uh, I, was, I was reading that that is the part of the brain that connects the spine to the brain. Is that, is that what you guys named your band after? Indeed. Is that your, would you say that's your favorite part of the nervous system? Indeed. The reptilian self, the primitive self, caveman brain. Ain't nothing happening without that pawns, you know? So. That's what I've been saying for yeah. years, honestly. So it's refreshing to hear someone else who's in agreement with me. Yeah, it's like, you me. know, people care about the, the frontal lobe. You, you know, you, you, you always it's hear washed. people talk about the frontal lobe. It's over. Frontal lobe this, frontal lobe that. There wouldn't, we, wouldn't, we would have no concept of a frontal lobe if we didn't have a pawns, you know, if our spinal cord wasn't connected to our brain. There'd be no frontal lobe. Think about it, man. Think about it. So you're going for something primitive in your music. Yes, yes. Um, so you guys obviously have, uh, I mean, your setup is one guitar and two percussionists. Um, do you think the lack of bass um, in your setup, does that clear up some space for uh, some like extra drumming? And uh, does the guitar work also have to kind of make up for not having a bassist? Yeah, I mean, besides just, like, the pedals I have to fill in the low end, the guitar definitely kind of works as a drum, too. And the idea behind the music being very rhythmic and percussive in nature. It'd be very hard to deal with a stupid bassist. It's also just another leg to push around. One of those stupid bassists. Hey, I started on bass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you the dumb instrument say that one more time <laughs> yeah i dare you and the tuba oh that see <laughs> now we're talking yeah we'd add a tuba before we added a bass yeah, you know talking about horns yeah, talking about horns that's the best genre of instrument without a doubt horn yeah the air we're more of like a yeah we're more of a an air-based uh instrument band you know because it's like, you know, you got, you got the drum, you got the air, you know, I'm sure pressure. that the pressure, you know, yeah, pressure-based instruments. You got more, you got yes. Yeah, exactly. 
you're singing, the mouth is an air. Yeah, yeah. See, it produces air. No, 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 no. That's a muscle. You got it all wrong. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, did Carl say that? Was that yeah. Carl? Oh, that was Taylor. My. That was Taylor. Oh, this is the fucking worst. Speaking of worst, uh, why don't you guys? Uh, why don't you guys hit us with your worst song? Well, funny oh, you say that. Our worst song of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Polly's Hotel. Polly's Hotel. This is a dirty song. This nasty dirty, song. This nasty tune. Named after the the venue in Albany, Polly's Hotel. Yeah, we hit we 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 hit a a dab rig in the bathroom there when we were eighteen before we played our third show ever. Yes, I had a full blowtorch in the bathroom <laughs> of Polly's Hotel in Albany. You, know, you live and you learn. And yeah, this is for you, Polly. bad oh stinky <laughs> stinky one real, real uh, nasty why would you too. why would you guys Awful. consider that your worst song um it's just not it's not really a song you know yeah we i mean we wrote the riff to be quite annoying that was the intention behind the riff itself yeah yeah we were kind of just like let's try to make the most annoying like riff we can come up with um so yeah oh i kind of liked it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't stick around for too long. So if you don't like it, it's not the end of the world. But also, it's named after a venue in Albany. Yeah, yeah, that 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 alone tells you all you need to know. Albany, Albany. Albany. Oh, God. What was so bad about uh, Polly Hotel? Uh, Besides the death. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I heart. I just, just one of those places, you know. Kind of blocked it out now. Yeah, a real nasty, real nasty show that was. Uh, do, you someone, play, do you play this one out anymore? Oh, no. We, that was the first time in years, years we've played that. I literally Two haven't years. thought about the riff until just then. Just then. We didn't even, we didn't even know we were going to play it just now. You said worst song, and we yeah, all just kind of, we just all kind of, just kind of muscle memory, you know. Well, thanks, thanks for hauling that one out of the, uh, the out memory of the subconscious hole for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you guys play, you guys play very frequently, obviously, and I'm sure you guys have played a lot of, uh, a lot of terrible, oh. stinky venues. Oh, we've. We Are there any other about ones? This the other day, yeah. That there's a there's a chance that we've heard some of the worst music that's ever been made. There's a chance. There's a good that, chance. I, I, I'm not even kidding. I would put money down that we've heard somebody who's in like the top 100. <laughs> put like a, worst. Put 100,000 on it. Yeah, yeah. Put, put all the pods cash. All $100,000 that Pons has. I'm putting it down. Um, all 2.8 million that Pons has on that. <laughs> it's 2.9. 2. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right, you know, right, we, right. we just got an advance from our label. So, you know, it's... Um, just cut a check. Yeah, but anyways, you know, I just got a, a, a check from our publicist, you know, our Swedish songwriters. But um, yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're, we're in a really weird place uh, as a band right now where we could, like any given show is like, oh, this could be to 200 people or literally like literally no one, literally no one. Greenville, North Carolina, 
the only other band on the bill drops off of the bill day of. So they turn it into an open mic and it's at a bar in the middle of a trailer park with 75 cent Miller lights. And <laughs> they, brought, they brought in a kid's drum set. Yeah, they were like, oh, it's for ages nine to 11, I'm but it should joking. do. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I actually can saw it get wheeled out. Yeah, well, I was like, I like went to the like the dude who set it up and I was like, you could carry everything in one hand. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you're getting your hands on an actual drum kit or we're not playing the show. So he was able to get a drum kit, but. Did people show up for the open mic? Oh, yeah, somebody sang the national anthem right after we played. I'm <laughs> uh, not actually, yeah, like acapella, national anthem. There were anthem. some questionable people. And in like there. everyone was trying to cut us off because it was so loud. And we, we, we just were like brutalizing. We played for like over an hour. We played for like, <laughs> yeah. an hour, 15 minutes. our longest set ever. Yeah, probably. ever, probably. Yeah. And this like, like the dude who owned it just was like hammered and happened to be like the only guy liking it. So like every time they try to like cut us off, he'd be like, no, like let them keep going. Like they're rocking out. <laughs> So we just listen to him, you know, listen to the man, the Don, you know, the man yeah, in charge. I, I think it's so funny that, uh, you know, when you're, when you're on tour as a DIY band and you have like the good, the shows that you know are going to be good, but then you have days that you have to fill with kind of whatever. And you end up just in like the, the strangest situations. Mm. And man, I remember, uh, I was kind of in like a similar thing. Like a few years ago, I was touring with a band in, in Charleston, South Carolina. Ooh. And nobody, it was this brewery, nobody showed up. But the owner was also like an alcoholic who lo like loved the idea of having our band play. Yeah. All you need. So we just played for him. And he also <laughs> wanted a three-hour set. <laughs> oh. Classic. So, but then he started... Um, so to like fill time, like we were like, he was like, hey, I'll join in with you and you can back me up on my songs. <laughs> and there was maybe like two people that came through the entire time. Um, and then after we got done with the three hour set, uh, he had a recording of what we had just played that he went upstairs and then he turned it on. <laughs> and so he was just blasting the set that we just played through the loudspeaker <laughs> Um, but uh, somehow that ended up being the best paying gig of the tour. We, we ended up making $500 from that. <laughs> See, a lot of yeah. times it's like that. Like, like we had this, yeah, like people will come up to us a lot of times when we, when we, we have very little faith in somebody, we'll try to swindle them into giving us like a $300 guarantee or something like that. So that's definitely happened to us. A solid amount of time too, just playing to no one, but you, but you got the promoter in a bind. Yeah. <laughs> <So> they, <laughs> oh, yeah. by the way, we'll all have NDAs for you uh, after this interview. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> None yeah. of this private information gets out. Yeah, it's edited out, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off record, yeah. of course. Well, we always pass it through our legal department. You know, before yeah, yeah. Our lawyer, uh, he's a nasty. You, yeah, he's a nasty man. Nothing gets by him. him. Don't yeah. want to get tangled up in that. Yeah, eyes like a hawk. That guy. You know. <laughs> Do you guys have anything that, that you want to promote? Uh, that's coming up in the next few months for y'all? Soul in Room 1218 Pawns Venus Twins Lip Critic I, ID Sus Best Boom. show. They, they've, they've been telling me there's never going to be a better show. Yeah, you know, Salt in Room. Last time we played Salt in Room, you know, they said this has been the best show we've ever had here. You know, people are saying it's the best show they've ever seen. Best there. show ever. They're saying there's maybe never been a better show, you know, that in all the shows in Brooklyn that are happening right now, that no one does it like that, you know? Never better, they told me. Never People better. Never better. So never. it was a fantastic conversation, a great, a perfect conversation, a great conversation, you know? So uh, obviously they wanted us back. So, you know, we're going to have a great time. I'm sure it's going to be a great time. Also a tape release show for our, our EP that we released in 2021 during COVID, The Pawns Estate. 
people are saying there's never been a better EP, you know? <laughs> Everyone's talking about Pack it. Pack it up, ship when it out. It, everyone was talking about it. Everyone. They said there's never been a better EP. They said, when are there going to be tapes for this? Because there need to be tapes there's for this. There's takers because, in every state. You know, all the haters and losers, man, they'll tell you that you're not doing it. Yeah, all these posers in Brooklyn, man, you know, they'll, 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 they see you trying to come out with a tape and they'll say... Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, they say we, you, you shouldn't do that, but, you know... Fuck them. Fuck them indeed. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for, <laughs> for joining us on our podcast. It's uh, been a perfect podcast. I don't know if there's ever been a better episode of this. Absolutely. People told us there's never been a better podcast. Seems to get better every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this has been fun. <laughs> you like cool. close things yeah. out with a wild card. I love card. making new friends. <laughs> yeah. With a wild card song. Uh, does Pons have a wild card? Uh, tune oh. for us to finish up oh. with? Oh, yeah, we do. Song's called Fabrication. It's about a lie, but it's also about the blues, about rock and roll. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
Thank you.